get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. Are you in the middle of a storm right now? Do you look up and there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel? Does the trials of life have you down right now? Well, welcome to Live Fearlessly Free. I'm your courageous coach, Heather Bunch, and I am here to help you to live a life that's fearlessly free so you can stop hiding. You can show up fully yourself and you can fulfill your God-given purpose and you can do it courageously. Now, today we're concluding our three-part series on how to navigate the storms of life. And I am telling you, today's for you. If you've ever been through a storm or trial in your life, I'm pretty sure that counts all of us, right? I am also talking to you. If when you get hit out of left field with troubles and you're just not sure what to do or you or you get stuck in the in the midst of it and you and it overtakes you. Or maybe You're in the middle of a trial right now, the middle of the storm. I am especially talking to you today. Now, over the last few episodes, we have been talking about how to believe God, that we are really going to make it to the other side during the storms. We talked about the story of Jesus and how he told his disciples that they're going to the other side. They freaked out when the storm came. We've talked about that we need to listen so that God can birth his faith and his persuasion in us. And that listening skill is what's going to get us to the other side. That faith in God is going to get us to the other side. But we got to learn to listen. And it takes time to develop this take, this this faith. And it takes learning skills to develop it. So I've given you a couple skills so far to learn to listen so that you can receive this God faith, this God-given persuasion. So if you missed our first two parts, you can check out episodes 57 and 58. Now, today we're going to explore another listening skill to birth God's faith in us. And it's going to help us through that hard place in our life. Now, I want to tell you, over Labor Day, we had fraud on our account. I wake up in the morning to a text from my bank going, huh, you know, there's some suspicious activity on your account. You might want to check it out. So I jump on our account and, you know, honestly, that's not the best thing to do first thing in the morning, but that's what I did. And I see two $99 charges and I'm like, huh, did my husband make some charges late at night after I'd gone to bed? I don't know. He wasn't awake yet. So I waited for him to wake up and then I asked him, if he had made those particular charges, he's like, no, I didn't, I didn't make those. He goes, and I, I even looked in his emails. There was no receipts for that. So I'm like, all right, it's fraud. So I text the bank back 
And it's still like an automated thing. And I let it, I, but I let them know it was not our charge. So they immediately blocked the card. And I'm going to tell you, I love credit unions. Uh, we have a credit union. They're fabulous. So great customer service. And I appreciate that they have this ability because it was a holiday weekend, which means banks aren't open, which is probably why the person chose to do fraud in the first place. They, they know that. But so the card gets blocked. But the problem with that is that there's, you know, no card to buy anything. Like if you want to buy something online, what do you need? You need your debit card or you need a, a credit card. We just run off debit cards. So we pay, we pay cash for everything. But then I thought, oh my gosh, why now? We're right in the middle of about it to buy a new car. Now, not brand new. It was like new for us. Because our old car, we'd actually been borrowing a car from my dad for like months because our engine died. We were trying to, you know, our mechanic was looking for an engine for us, never could find one. So we just needed to, you know, get another car. So I, I sat there and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, why now? And I started to fall apart and stress out over it. And I did. And then I stopped myself. I'm having a conversation with Bob. And I'm, I'm wanting to say, why? Why now? Why me? Why is this happening? And instead I go, can you give me a hug? I, I need a hug right now. And so he grabs me up and holds me in his arms. And I just cried. But I'll tell you what. That felt good because I asked for what I needed in the moment and then I went to God with my fears now I love our heavenly father Jesus and the Holy Spirit I love that Jesus never gives up on us and he's not sitting there thinking good Lord Heather I wish you would just get it? Can you get it? Can you get it the first time? Like he's not doing that to us. He didn't do that to me in that moment. Even though I had this moment where my first reaction was to fall apart when, you know, the storm of life hit and this moment of fraud on our account. I want to say that Jesus is right there with us, walking with us hand in hand through the trial. And he is, he loves that we're learning to listen. I want to read 2 Corinthians 2.14 to you. And it says, now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. He does that through us. The amazing part of going through a trial is that Jesus has paid for everything on the cross for us already. Now, what that means is we we have to walk through the trial. 
But hear this. We don't have to win the battle. Jesus already did it for us. It is finished. That's what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. The battle is won. He triumphed over the enemy by the cross. Now, by the way, walking through the trial meant calling the place that charged our card. So I had to do that. And they could actually tell it wasn't our account that made the, you know, the, the charges. And so they refunded us the money. I had to walk that out. Today, we had to walk out getting new cards. And now, you know, I had a bonus. Like, you know, my new card actually works with my Apple Watch. So, woohoo! So, hey, that was a little bonus. But I had to walk that out. So that, that was part of walking out the trial. Today, we actually picked up our new car. Well, you know, new to us. And I got to drive it off the lot. And my husband let me do that. He he drove a different car as, and I got to drive it off the lot. And, and I realized that was the first time I have driven a, a car that we bought off the lot since I was 25. When I bought my own car. And that was a beautiful blessing. When we focus on the vastness of our Savior, instead of the vastness of our trials, we are going to notice more of our precious Jesus inside of the problems. We're going to be able to still say, thank you, Father, for this. And thank you, Father, for that even in the middle of a trial. Now, listen, I'm going to add in something real quick. You do not have to thank God for the trial. You're thanking him in it. Because listen, all good things come from God. There are people that teach that that came from God. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not one of those people that believe that. I believe all good things come from our Father. Now, I absolutely believe that God is going to turn that around for the good of those who love him. And he talks about that in Romans. But I don't believe he brought you that trial. But he will use it. He will grow us. He will develop us. And then we will be able to actually help others going through similar things. So that's a total side note. Just want to throw that out there. But are we, va- are we focusing on the vastness of our Savior instead of the vastness of our trials? So I'm going to talk about four listening skills that will help us focus on the vastness of our Savior. And that is going to allow us to see more of Jesus in the midst of our problems. That is going to allow us that, uh, that, that God's birthing that faith in us, his God-given persuasion that we believe that even in the middle of the trial, he is going to take us to the other side. That even though we're walking through a valley of the shadow of death, we are going to make it to the other side. So 
Let's talk about the four listening skills here. And the first one is contemplate. Now, what I want you to do is dwell on the nature of God. Dwell on the nature of our Heavenly Father. Dwell on the nature of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. These are all fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 talks about it. That the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified because it's so good. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love unselfish concern for others is joy inner peace patience not the ability to wait but how we act while we're waiting oh that's a whole sermon right there right i'm just telling you how we act while we're waiting kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law now i want you to notice that It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not our spirit. It's His Spirit in us producing the fruit. So when we spend time contemplating on Him, spending time in His presence, the fruit of the Spirit will be just that, fruit. Fruit is a byproduct. And so the fruit of the Spirit is a byproduct of our time with Him. Think about what Jesus did on the cross. Contemplate the finished work of Christ. I am telling you, there is so much to the finished work of Christ and a ticket to heaven. It is for here and now and in the future. It is a physical life and a spiritual life. It is all-encompassing. It is an all-encompassing wholeness. And John 10.10 10 talks about the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and enjoy it to the fullest. Have it in abundance. Amplified says to the full till it's overflowing. Now, John is not just talking about the sweet by and by, like, you know, they talk about in the in hymns. He is talking about here and now. Another way to contemplate is you could spend time in the Psalms. Okay. David was a master at contemplating on the nature of God and his goodness. And he would dwell and get comfort from God through that. And you could do the same. Although, I'm going to be honest, most of us don't have somebody actually trying to kill us. So, you know, that's something to be thankful for. But even in the midst of David being hunted down, he still contemplated on the goodness and nature of God. How else you can contemplate is read about the life of Jesus. Hebrews 1.3, the Son is the express image of of the Father. When we see Jesus, we see our Father God. When we see Jesus heal the sick, we see our Father's heart. When we see Jesus loving the broke and the broken and the rejected, 
we see him. We see how our father's heart bleeds for his children. That's our father's heart. When we see Jesus reprimanding the religious crowd, we can see that our father hates religion. Because religion shackles his children with a burden that he never meant them to bear. That's why Jesus came. Jesus fulfilled the law. It's done and it's finished. All right. So our next communication, our next listening skill is communicate. Now, communicate with God. Stay connected to your heavenly father by talking to him. Talk to him throughout the day. Make prayer a habit beyond just the morning. Most of us, you know, have a morning routine. You may or may not. So maybe, maybe you're not consistent. But all of us can talk to God throughout the day. And make it a conversation. Conversations are two-way. They're talking and they're listening. One of my good friends, Bruce, he said something that changed my life. And I've shared this with you before. But I'm going to share it again because this is good. And he said, when, when you are spending time with God, think of it like sitting down with your best friend and having a cup of coffee and a piece of pie. Relax in his presence. You're having a conversation with your friend. Enjoy It does not have to be this fancy prayer. In fact, when you see in scripture, the people who did the fancy prayers, those were the religious people that Jesus actually would condemn and say, you know what? This sinner who went away and said, God, I'm not even, you know, worthy. He was heard. Now, I think we are worthy now because Jesus hadn't died at that point. But Jesus died and we are worthy. But his point is, the point isn't to make beautiful, pretty prayers. The point is to communicate and create relationship with our Father in heaven so that we can hear him and that he can birth his faith in us. And when his faith is birthed in us, we are going to believe him that we are going to make it to the other side. That we're going to walk through this trial, this valley of the shadow of death, and nothing is going to stop us. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I am going to tell you, he is never too busy to be involved in our lives. There is nothing too big and nothing too small to talk to our father about. The next listening skill is to saturate. Now, allow God's word to permanently occupy your mind. Try memorizing a scripture once a week if you want. Maybe even just once a month. And then think on it throughout the day. Let the Holy Spirit bring it back up and think on it. And then it'll kind of go back down. And then it bring it back up. And then you think on it. And then it goes back down. And then you bring it back up and you think on it throughout the day. That's actually what the word meditate means. It's like a cow chewing his cud. And that's what they do. They eat. It goes down their tummy. Comes back up. They chew on it some more. It goes back down into a different tummy. It comes back up and they chew on it. 
I know that sounds disgusting to be honest, but that's the picture that God gave us to understand what meditating on God's word is, saturating in his word. Something else you could do I love is to personalize scriptures. So take a scripture and then swap out the pronouns and say, I, so that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. Or use your name, like depending on how how you like it. Sometimes I say it in third person, you know, Heather, bless the Lord, oh, your soul and all that is within you. Bless his holy name. So you could use third person, you know, adding in your name. However it works for you, it doesn't matter. Like, but personalize it. Then we can embrace it more like, hey, God's talking to me. He's not just talking to all these other people. And he is but he's also talking to me. And this, when I do this, it always makes me feel, you know, like it's personal. You're reading it for you rather than thinking about that passage for somebody else, right? Now meditate. That's another thing you can do to saturate. And I just actually talked about that. Think on it over and over. Now some good places and chapters to start meditating. I'd say Psalms 23, Psalms 91, And John 15 is one of my favorites. I do also really love Ephesians. Especially like, um, there's a lot of prayers that Paul prays in Ephesians. And I really love those. Philippians is a beautiful place to hang out. Because he really talks about the joy of the Lord. and, And your mind. And what you're thinking on. So that's a fabulous place to saturate. Because who couldn't handle or get some more, you know, taking control of our mind, right? And the last thing is the listening skill to appreciate. Go on a gratitude spree with God and the goodness of God. Remember, all good things come from God. Get yourself a pretty little notebook and write down things you're grateful for. Or if you're kind of like more of a digital gal, get an app. Uh, there's a really great one called Gratitude or Grateful. Excuse me. It's Grateful. And you can even add pictures. You can have it, you know, set to pop up at a certain time of day if you want to remind you, like to put something in there of something you're grateful for. But get in the habit of being grateful to God of all the good things he's done. And I will tell you what, when you do this, the more grateful you are, the more you're going to notice Even in the middle of a trial, there is always something to be thankful for. I am telling you, always something to be thankful for. And when you do that, you totally shift your thinking as well. So it gets you out of a slump. It gets you off just looking at you and your issues and your problems and you're in the mully grubs. And it gets us looking on our Heavenly Father and His goodness. And he is going to birth his faith in you through that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that includes you even just being grateful. That's his word to you. That's him showing his faithfulness to you. And something else you can do to show God how thankful you are is to write your heavenly father a thank you note. Describe to him in detail what you're thankful for in your life. 
he would love this. Like, so write it as a thank you note. Obviously, you don't have to mail it. It'd be kind of like mailing a letter to Santa Claus. But God knows. He's got your back. He knows what you're saying to him. As you develop these listening skills, contemplate, communicate, saturate, appreciate your Heavenly Father. You will learn how loved you are and how you are not alone, even in these trials that you're going through or will be going through or have gone through. These are skills that are going to build your listening skill so that God's faith, his persuasion is birthed in you. So when you're in those hard times, when they come, and I know they will, they always do, you're going to be able to get to the other side with confidence, knowing Jesus is at your side all the way. That God never leaves you and never forsakes you. That he is faithful to his word. Now, what I would love for you to do is to choose which of the four tools that that we just talked about that you want to incorporate more in your life. And, And ask yourself too, why does that particular tool stand out to me? Now, if you want to live a life that is free of fear. Now, when I say free of fear, it doesn't mean fear doesn't come. But it allows you to live a life that keeps pushing past the fear. That does it afraid. That even though like I was in the midst of that trial and I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got these charges on our account. It was a moment Instead of like, you know, a whole day or a week or a month of fear. It's a process. But what I want to do is I want to offer you my free resource. It's three habits to live fearlessly free. Go to my website, heatherlbunch.com, right there on the homepage. You can sign up for it. Get that to you in your inbox. This worksheet is going to help you overcome the fear that's holding you back. It's going to help you overcome the fear that keeps you stuck in that trial longer and keeps you in a mindset. The, the woe is me and the, oh my gosh, what's happening? And I can't do this. And why me? And it gets you looking at your God and his goodness and his greatness and help you to pull out, to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with your heavenly father, knowing you're going to get to the other side. I just want to thank you a bunch for listening. And until next time, live fearlessly free.